Good morning, everybody. Morning. Quite a crowd. <laughs> this looks a little bit low. That'll do. Um, I'm going to pray before I start because I just want to pray, Holy Spirit, all of you and none of me. I just pray that the message I deliver today is straight from the Holy Spirit. Yes. And I pray um, that the eyes of your understanding will be open today to understand speaking in tongues like you've never understood it before. Maybe for some of you it'll be the first time you've heard about it. Others, you've been praying in tongues for years. But Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just impart your revelation today in Jesus' name. I'm not here to talk about Pentecost. Russ did that last week. I'm here to impart something to you so you can experience Pentecost. There's a difference. You can learn about Pentecost and then you can live in Pentecost. And so that's what we're here today for. I'm going to talk about speaking in tongues. Um, I'm going to be following my notes as best I can because I tend to get ahead of myself. I'm going to try really hard not to do that. So let's go to um, scripture that Russ used, Luke 11, verses 11 to 13. Just want to refresh that. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So we heard about all that last week, and there were some people that came forward, which was great. When we're baptised in the Holy Spirit, we receive the fullness of that baptism. The Spirit is not given out in measure, with some people receiving more than others. Living in that fullness is what today is about. I'm going to share something with you that will help you live in the fullness of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The number one thing for the Holy Spirit in you is to manifest his fruit in your life and his gifts through you to glorify Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Whatever the Holy Spirit does, it's always to glorify Jesus. It's never to glorify or draw attention to you. Sorry, guys, it's not about you, it's about him. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift from a heavenly father. We know that because we just read about it. You ask your heavenly father. Jesus also gave gifts. Jesus gave some people as gifts, and we can read about that in Ephesians 4, but we're not going to. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But the Holy Spirit comes with nine gifts. And we're going to talk about one of them today, speaking in tongues. I want to focus on just speaking in tongues. Why did God give speaking in tongues as one of the gifts? I have been storming heaven about that. Why? I can pray in English. I learnt as a little boy how to, how to speak in English. So why did God give speaking in tongues? That's what I want, to, I want to touch on today. There's more to this story than meets the eye. What do we do with it? What's its purpose? How does it work? I want to cover all of those questions today. Let's go on a journey through scripture. That's always the best place to find the answers. And we're going to go to page one, verse two, Genesis one, verse two. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. I'm going to go through some scriptures fairly quickly and then I'm going to unpack it. So we know that the Holy Spirit was at creation. We know that page one in the, in the book that, that we love. Let's jump to Hebrews 7.25. I don't know how the screen's going back there. Therefore he, Jesus, 
is also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Don't miss that. Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for us. 1 Corinthians 4.20. I love this scripture. The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. Salvation, which is the entry into God's kingdom, which was touched on earlier, that's, that's shared in words. But the kingdom, life in the kingdom, is demonstrated by actions of power. Demonstrating the, the power of the Holy Ghost. Let's jump to Acts 1.8. I'm going through this quickly because I need to get through this because I've only got an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus' disciples were told to wait to receive power. They need to be empowered from above. And they did. Most of them, well, not all of them, most of them waited. And they waited and they waited and they waited. And then there was the day of Pentecost, which we've heard about uh, if you've been going to church very long. Let's jump to Romans 8. This will all make sense shortly, hopefully. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. Anyone ever been in that position? I don't know how to pray for this. Okay, well, here's the answer. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. I want to say that again. The Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Now, verse 28 often gets quoted many times. People will say, oh, all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. But that's not the context of it. You don't read that standing alone. You read that with what I just read. It's talking about intercession through the Spirit and all things work together for good. Don't separate the two. Don't, don't take half a verse and apply it to your life. Always find the context in Scripture of what it's referring to. When we pray in the Spirit, all things work together for good. 1 Corinthians 14, 14. If I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. Now, this is the word of God. This is truth. So when I pray in tongues, and I, I, I confess I'm a tongue prayer every day. I can't help myself. I just love to pray and worship God in tongues. That's just, that's just part of my nature. But I don't know what I'm saying unless God gives me an interpretation or a download from heaven about what I'm praying for. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I've become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. So what I want to say here right now is that if love isn't the foundation for what you're doing, you've missed it. You have to come from a place of love in everything you do in God's kingdom. God is love. It's a not negotiable And if we're not coming from a place of love in, in, in all our relationships and interactions with people... Uh, we need to sort of just go back into our prayer closet and say, Lord, reveal your love to me. Relieve, I've missed something. Reveal your love to me. And he will do that. Oh, I just got to check Facebook. 
Okay? It's the time. Finally, <laughs> Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, we know this. If you've been around church for a while, you've heard this about the whole armour of God. I'm going to try and save some time here. Um, no, I won't. Put on the whole armour of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. But I just want to let you know that the name of Jesus is over all of that. Therefore, take up the whole armour of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth. That's what we're trying to share today, some truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. The armour of God includes praying in the spirit, praying in tongues. I haven't heard that mentioned very much. People quote the armour of God and they stop at the helmet of salvation, but it says, and continuing on, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. It is part of your armour. It is part of your armour. If you feel like you're, you're in a bit of a battle, my advice is that you get the Holy Spirit to pray. Okay, that's most of my scriptures. I want to unpack this. The first point. When we pray in tongues, which is the Holy Spirit, praying in languages that we haven't learned. I learned to speak as a child. But the day I was baptised in the Holy Spirit, I spoke fluently in a new language. And as I was speaking, my brain wasn't deciding what I was going to say like it is now talking to you. My brain is deciding what I'm going to say. But when I speak in tongues, it bypasses my brain. And trust me, that's a good thing. <laughs> because my brain, the Bible says, is the enemy of God, my carnal nature. So we are praying by the same Spirit on the first page of the Bible. So when I pray in tongues, it's the Holy Spirit praying through me. Now get this, the Spirit and page one wasn't a bystander. The Spirit was demonstrating the power of God as the words were spoken. The Spirit was moving in the full power and the full authority of God. When I pray in tongues, I pray in the full power and the full authority of God through the Holy Spirit. That's point number one. Speaking in tongues is a demonstration of the power. Remember Acts 1.8? Wait till you receive power. Speaking in tongues is a demonstration of the power of God. It's not just a little private prayer language. It's so amazing. Why do we unpack this? Second point. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding with us. We read that in Hebrews 7.25. He always lives to make intercession for them. So if Jesus is always praying on the right hand of the Father, and I'm praying with the Holy Spirit in tongues, with the power of creation, and I've got Jesus interceding beside me. That's a pretty powerful combination. And guess what? It's got nothing to do with me. I'm not inventing what's going on. The third point, in Hebrews 8.27, that said, the Spirit makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. 
So I want you to grasp what I'm going to share now. When we're praying in the Holy Spirit, we're tapping into the power that was at creation. We've got Jesus, our Lord and Saviour, sitting at the right hand of the Father, interceding with us. And the Spirit is praying the will of the Father. We've got the Father, Son and Holy Ghost coming out your mouth. Can you grasp that? Because if you can grasp that, there is nothing that's impossible. Absolutely nothing that's impossible. Because when we pray in tongues, even though we don't know what we're praying, we're praying from that position. Your brain is bypassed when you pray in tongues. And so is your agenda. Because sometimes, well, this would never happen at Redemption Hills, but in other churches, someone might think, well, I didn't like the way the pastor preached. And so they start praying, God, I want you to change. I wanted you to give, bring revelation to our pastor. And, and you start praying all these prayers in, in English, uh, which is just not right. It's just not right because chances are he's got a revelation you haven't got yet. But when you pray in tongues, you can only pray the will of the Father. When you pray in tongues, Jesus is interceding with you and you're praying with the power of creation. I want to get that across because this is, this is so crucial. So let's combine these points together, those last three points. We get to a place of understanding where we can say that we pray in tongues with the power of the Spirit of creation, praying through us, Jesus interceding with us, and we're praying the perfect will of our Father in heaven. I'm saying that twice. <laughs> Combining these three points, we get to a place of understanding where we can say that we when we pray in tongues, the power of the Spirit at creation is praying through us. Jesus is interceding with us and we are praying the perfect will of our Father in heaven. What a combination. Now listen to this. We pray in tongues and we allow the Holy Spirit to decide what we're praying for. So when I, when I start praying in tongues... I have no agenda. All I just have is a voice box. And what I'm actually saying is, Holy Spirit, use me. I could be praying for some person in Africa and never know. It's possible. You just don't know. I could be praying for someone sleeping in the streets of Launceston. You never know. But if I don't open my mouth and pray in tongues, I can guarantee you I'm doing none of that. Allowing the Holy Spirit to prioritise your prayers is one of the keys to praying in tongues. The Holy Spirit prays the will of the Father. The Father knows what needs to be prayed in your life today. So when you pray in tongues, you're praying the will of the Father in your life today. Could be for others, could be for yourself, could be for your wife, could be for your husband, could be for your sick kid. But that's where faith comes in. That was great what you shared. There's faith in, in moving in the Holy Spirit. There's faith in prophecy. There's faith in, in, in all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there's faith in praying in tongues. Now this is the bit I like. We are not praying from earthly circumstances to heaven. We are praying from heaven to our earthly circumstances. I will. I was going to. We are not praying from earthly circumstances to heaven. We are praying from heaven to earthly circumstances. That is profound. You know what that is? That's thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed that prayer. That is thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Whew. 
I can feel the Holy Ghost. We are praying from heaven's perspective. And the words God gave me was, you are praying from above. Not swamped in your problems, you're praying from above. And the Holy Spirit, empowered prayers, cannot fail. It is impossible to get a no when you pray in tongues. How can you? You're praying the will of the Father. He's going to say no to himself. It's impossible. Absolutely, I want you to grasp this. It is absolutely impossible. This is one of the greatest things, I believe, that came at Pentecost. If we, and Paul, one of my Bible heroes, he, he, he spoke in tongues more than everybody. Yet he never walked with Jesus like, the, like the, apostles, the original apostles did. He just had an encounter on a road. And then he spent, he just got this revelation and he spent a lot of time, he, he boasted about it, I pray in tongues more than you all. And um, I relate to him heaps. Now listen to this. From him, through him, to him. It's all about him. It's all about Jesus. It's not about you. It's just about your voice box. Praying in tongues is just beautiful. I love it. Without faith, funny you mentioned about that. It was so, so good. Without faith, we cannot please God. Salvation, and hopefully some people will, will accept the invitation today, through belief in Jesus is by faith. It's written in the word, but, it, but it's a transaction of faith. Using any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is by faith. Praying in tongues, one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is by faith. But from the scriptures that I've shared, we know that we're praying the will of the Father. We know, because the Word of God tells us that. That's why it's so good to study into the Bible. It is so good. So how do I apply... Just check Facebook. How do I, how do I apply what I've just shared in my life? I'm going I'm to use myself as an example and, and encourage you to um, consider doing the same. Sometimes I just pray in tongues. I love my job. I get to do a lot of driving by myself. I get paid to pray. Because I can drive my car and pray in tongues, and praying in tongues does not distract because it doesn't use my brain. It's just using my voice box. It's just the spirit within coming out of my mouth. And so I pray in tongues until my mouth gets dry and I can't pray anymore. And recently, I've been working up at a power station called Devil's Gate. I'm telling you it's not the Devil's Gate because I've been up there and he's not there. But it's an hour and a half driving. So I pray for an hour and a half in tongues. You might think, how can you pray for an hour and a half in tongues? Easy, you just keep going. And you want to know what happens when you do that? Bang, you'll get a revelation. Someone's name will drop in. You think, oh, I haven't thought about that person for a while. I better give them a ring tonight. And they've got, a, they've got dramas in their life. See, the Spirit of God is, is communicating with you in a totally supernatural manner. You, just, you cannot pray in tongues too much. You need to get a bit of sleep. So I've also learned, by faith, to ask the Holy Spirit to pray for specific topics. One of my favourite prayers is, Holy Spirit, I want to pray for my family and my extended family. And I just pray in tongues. So by faith, I believe, without even knowing the circumstances in my extended family, I believe that the Holy Spirit and Jesus is praying the perfect will of the Father for my family. How about that? And I get a yes. You can't get a no. 
And guess what else I do? Holy Spirit, I want to pray for Redemption Hills Church. And I pray in tongues. Holy Spirit, I want to pray for the church across Launceston. I want to pray for Tasmania. I want to pray for Australia. I want to pray for the globe. There's no limits to what you can pray for. But by faith, you believe that the Holy Spirit and Jesus is praying the will of the Father for what you've requested. How powerful is that? That is a game changer. That is a life changer. They're unbelievable. Paul the Apostle, one of my heroes, he's just, I love him. And yet he, he wrote quite a portion of the New Testament, yet he was never taught personally one-on-one -on -one with Jesus day by day. It's interesting. Jude verse 20. But you, beloved, build up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How about that? Praying in tongues builds up your faith. Builds up your faith to the place where you believe. When I ask the Holy Spirit to pray for something, that's what's happening. It builds up your faith to believe the promises of God. And it doesn't happen, I'm going to pray for five minutes and I'm going to get faith. No, no, no. It becomes a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. You're praying in tongues constantly. There's people here who know what I'm talking about. People who pray in tongues every day. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. I just, I just love Jude verse 20. When we pray in tongues, we stop praying from our perspective and our agenda. Because too many times, with the best of intentions, we come with the wrong agenda. We come with filters in here from our life's experiences and we pray from that. We see someone and we think, oh gee, I can see what's wrong with them, I'm going to pray about that. That's not your job. <laughs> your job is to love everybody. So when we pray in tongues, we stop praying from our perspective and our agenda. We allow the Holy Spirit to use our voice box to pray from heaven's perspective. We are praying from above. We're praying from heaven's perspective, not from our earthly circumstances. They're so powerful. We need to reposition ourselves to find that place where we stop praying to God and start praying with God. You've got someone nice on your prayer team when you're praying with God. Are you listening to what I'm saying? When you are praying with God, your prayers can't fail. There's nobody who's ever prayed in tongues has got a no from God. We just don't know what we're praying for. That's the faith part. This is what, this is what tongues was for, the gift of tongues and the Holy Spirit, was to allow God himself to pray through us. That's profound. That's profound. Every time, every time we pray in tongues, we pray in the perfect will of the Father. Not sometimes, every time. Okay. The Holy Spirit and Jesus cannot contradict the will of the Father. It's impossible. It just cannot happen. They are one. It cannot happen. So here's my four stages. Check Facebook. Here's my four stages. I'm never going to get through this. Of, of intercession. First, allow the Holy Spirit to pray from heaven's perspective. So when I first start praying, I just, I just pray in tongues. I submit to the Holy Spirit. Let him prioritise what needs to be prayed for. Because my needs are not as important as what the will of the Father is. 
And so I don't start off praying straight away for my needs. I pray in tongues and allow the Holy Spirit to pray for whatever the Holy Spirit wants to pray for. And often, I, most times, I don't know what that is. Second, always second, ask the Holy Spirit to pray through you for your requests. Don't, don't put any agenda on this. This is, this is one of the keys. Don't, don't put an agenda on this. Oh, I want to pray that this person changes their behaviour. That's an agenda. But what you can say is, um, I want to pray for Michelle, Holy Spirit. And then just pray in tongues. And the perfect will of God is being prayed for Michelle through the Holy Spirit. Michelle doesn't know anything about it. I mean, the, the consequences of that prayer, only God knows. But we need to make ourselves available for the Holy Spirit to work through us so the prayers from heaven can land on earth. That's our job. Stage three. This is the one that challenges you. Invest enough time every day. This is not a five-minute prayer. This is, this is when you're driving your car, when you're having a shower, when you've got some time to yourself. You can be sitting at home, you can be doing um, an assignment towards your nursing degree and pray in tongues at the same time. Because praying in tongues doesn't use your brain. I've done, I did it, I did, tried some complicated maths once, praying in tongues. Didn't affect it whatsoever, I still got it wrong. <laughs> your faith will build up in proportion to how much time you commit to praying in tongues. If you just think this is a one-off thing, that's where your faith level will stay from this perspective. And the fourth one, if you want to increase even further, which doesn't sound possible, but from my experience it is, get together with people. Get together with people. God loves it when we get together and pray. Jesus said, my house is a house of prayer. So get together with people. And um, I think I'm doing okay. I'm, Facebook's quiet, so... Yep, I think I'm doing okay. I'm on the last page. Blessings for you. I'm on the last page. I'm going to give you some testimonies now. These are personal testimonies of praying in tongues um, and the result. The result. So I've, I've shared the word of God with you. Now I want to share the application of that. Many years ago, my beautiful Christine and I, uh, we stormed heaven with a couple of friends on a Friday night when we were living up in Mowbray. My auntie, who had been so opposed to God all her life, was in a coma and the doctor said she's not coming out of it. And we thought, she's lost. We're not having this. Whew. So we stormed heaven for her, the four of us in tongues. We prayed for, I don't know, about 40, 45 minutes. I have no idea. And at the same time, we all stopped. The same couple of seconds, we just stopped and there was a peace in the room. And I just thought, well, we, we don't need to pray anymore. I had no idea what was going to happen. What do you think happened is not what happened. On the following Wednesday, I went to my auntie's funeral. She died, like the doctors expected. But my sister came up to me and said, something amazing happened Saturday morning. 
She said, Auntie sat up in bed and said, I'm not afraid anymore, and went back into a coma. That was God's way of telling me about our intercession, praying the will of the Father. What's his will? That none shall be lost. That's powerful stuff. And that, that was the end of my auntie's life. Was, was the four of us storming heaven. Two of us knew her and two didn't, but they were just keen to pray. Another testimony from a sister in Port Augusta. And I've got time, so just relax. But I like the way that Russ got the clock taken down over there. That's good. <laughs> sister in Port Augusta, she came across a lady who was like nine and a half months pregnant, if you know what I mean. She was, she was full term. And Port Augusta, it was about 40 degrees, sitting at the bus stop, and she was in serious trouble. She was overheating and very distressed. And this sister uh, saw her and went over to her and you know, said, are you okay? Can I pray for you? Um, and this lady, in a bit of an accent, says, sure, sure, you can pray for me. And so this sister starts praying, but uh, like me, she switches the tongues really easy. She didn't realise she'd done that. And she switched the tongues without realising it. And she's praying away, praying away, praying away. And she opens her eyes. And this woman's eyes are like dinner plates. <laughs> and she said, oh, sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to pray in tongues. And, she, and the, the lady said, you were praying in my language. Wait for this. This lady was from Iran. But not only were you praying in my language, you were praying in ancient Iranian. <laughs> so she asked the obvious question, what was I saying? <laughs> Listen to this. She said, you were saying, praise the God of the past, the present and the future over and over and over. She was worshipping in tongues in this, in this, this woman's distress. So there's an example of Tongues of men. She can't speak ancient Iranian, trust me. She, she just speaks English. She's as Australian as they come. And then I want to share you the testimony of my own daughter. Um, I was a Christian back in 1994, April the 24th, quarter to five in the afternoon. I just, my life changed. I had an encounter with Jesus in the baptism tank. I was baptised in the Holy Spirit before I left the building and I hit the streets with my Bible didn't know anything and I just started preaching to everybody it was amazing and um, and I'm still on fire to this day praise God for that so I'm at home I've been a Christian three weeks I'm kneeling down by my bed praying God I want to see a miracle I've heard about them I want to see one I've read about them in your word but I want to see one that instant the phone rang no sooner I finished the sentence, there was no time delay, the phone rang. It's the primary school here, your daughter's had an accident. Think about the timing of that. For her to have had an accident in the playground, and someone to get to the office, look up my phone number and ring me, that happened before I prayed. Just, just ponder on that for a minute. The Holy Spirit inspired me to pray that prayer because the Holy Spirit wanted to teach me something the Holy Spirit didn't cause my daughter to get hurt. She fell off the monkey bars and on the way down she hit a knee on one of the bars and then twisted her foot when she landed. So I drove to this, I, I put two and two together straight away. I thought this is just too profound. Now I used to work on the ambulance. 
I never thought of taking her to the hospital. Her knee was up like a balloon, as tight as your skin can get, and her foot was flopped over at 90 degrees, but her knee was up straight. So she had done some serious damage. I never considered taking her to the hospital. I was taking her to Jesus. I'm not telling you to do this. I'm just telling you my testimony. Don't, don't say that. And so I took her home and I sat her on the sofa. Now, I'd never prayed in tongues in front of my family before. And uh, the good news was I had uh, my brother-in-law was staying there. So I just said to Jessica, look, I'm just going to go for a drive and, and have some prayer. I jumped in my car and I headed down the road towards Port Augusta about 15 minutes and came back. But the whole time, I lifted the roof off that car, praying in tongues. That's all I did. I had no idea how to pray for a healing. I was now confronted with, a, with an answer to my prayer and I didn't know what to do. So I thought, I'm just going to pray in your language. I come home, I walk in the back door and before I got into the lounge room, because Jessica heard the car pull in, said, my leg doesn't hurt anymore. Whew. I go into the lounge room, her leg's normal. She's still sitting on the sofa where I left her. But her leg was normal. And I said, hop up and walk across the lounge. So she gets up and she's... I said, oh, is your leg hurting? She said, oh, no. She was expecting it to hurt. She started to limp the first couple of steps, then she realised that it didn't hurt anymore. What was that? That was the kingdom of God coming to earth as it is in heaven. The baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not an event that you tick off your bucket list. Been there, done that, awesome. I'm now baptised in the Holy Spirit. The baptism of the Holy Spirit empowers you for the rest of your life to storm heaven praying God's will to transform this city, transform your family, transform your life, lift up your faith level. And the last thing I want to say, this is what I believe prophetically, this is what will usher in the prophecy about the great south land of the Holy Spirit. Not not the great south land of revival or the great south land of Christians, but the great south land of the Holy Spirit. It's when people start to move in the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, and this is just one of them. So my challenge for you today is go and pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Pray in tongues like your life depends upon it, because someone's might. Don't, don't think, oh, I'm too busy. If you're too busy, change your plans. It's so important that we pray in tongues. And the more you pray in tongues, the more your faith level builds up over the weeks, months and years. Until you realise that what's in here, what's in the Bible, I should say, that book over there, what's in the Bible, those promises are true. And you can, and you can, you can bet your life on those promises. And so if Jesus said, in my name you can cast out devils, if you come across one, in his name you can cast one out. Not in any other name, but in his name. You try and cast them out in your name, well, bad luck for you. But you try and cast them out in Jesus' name, the person will be set free because the demon will have to go. That's the authority that we've got in Jesus' name. Well, Jesus said, I will send the comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit. So when we're operating in the Holy Spirit, we're serving Jesus. We're elevating Jesus and let everything we do glorify the name of Jesus. And I just 
encourage you before you leave here today, if you're having trouble, you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit and you still can't pray in tongues, um, if you can find time, come and talk to me. Because I've, I've been in this place with many people before and every person has walked away speaking in tongues. I'm not going to get into it now because I don't have time because I know there's some baptisms to, to go through. Thank you all.